How you doing? I hope you're well. And welcome to the Light of Speed podcast, where we shed light on the goodness within and the goodness of others by becoming our authentic selves so that we can shine. I am your host, Dr. Felicia Speed, a leadership coach and social worker. Today, I want to shed light on humility. And the reason I want to start here today is the more I keep living in this world and the more I look for humility in myself and others, I see where it's lacking. See, there's a scripture that actually says you will know a man by his fruit. And when I think of that scripture, it lets me know that I'm not trying to know you by simply what you say or what you have or what you have obtained. But I'm going to know you by your fruit, which should be produced by love. And what should come from that fruit of love when you squeeze it should be humility. Now, I know that this is a very abstract word that sometimes gets lost and confused. And the reason is because people think humility means weak or frail. But that is so opposite from what it really is. I could tell you that humility is not Pride is not being boastful, arrogant, belittling, condescending, or even rude. And I believe that people are hungry to connect with others that exude humility. And it begins with understanding who you are, who you truly are in your core. Now, I remember so vividly growing up and my mama would dress me very nicely, I must say. Now, we were not rich and I don't even know if we even fell in the middle class. Let's just say we were part of the working class. But my dad, he was so cheap, honey, that he would cut the air conditioner off at the end the breaker box outside to prevent us from turning the air conditioner on before July. Now, keep in mind, we lived in South Carolina where you could feel humility like a layer of clothing. My dad would often say when I would complain about being hungry, he'd say, go in there, some cans of vegetables, some chicken noodle soup, and some bags of rice in there. And i say, I don't want that. And he would just respond, then you're not hungry. You just want something to eat. And there is a difference. My mother, on the other hand, she was cut from a different cloth. (laughs) She loved to have her hats matching her shoes, which match her pocketbook and her jewelry every Sunday. Honey, she had so many hats that we had to label the boxes and they filled up every room and every closet in the house. But between the two of them, there was one thing that was always emphasized that you may be better off than someone. But you are not better than anyone. See, to me, that's at the core of humility. And I still live by that truth today. I have traveled across the country and seen so many people from different backgrounds and different journeys. And when I look at those that are less fortunate, I know that I'm not just, I'm not just, I'm not better off. I'm I'm not better than them. I may just be better off than them. And when I meet vice presidents and senior vice presidents, executives, I feel the same way. You may be better off than me, but you're not better than me. See, in my mind, I equalize everyone. To me, that is what humility is. It evens the playing field. And any time you step out of that field to try to find a platform to identify yourself of something else or to say that you are better than someone else, then you have ventured into dangerous territory. 
I cannot tell you how many people I have met over the years that I admired and revered until I met them personally. And then I lost all respect for simply that they lacked humility. Yes, I have to say I have a trigger in my human operating system that I do not care for individuals who are dismissive or feel that they can be dismissive with an assumed disposition that you're better. At the same time, I have watched and observed individuals who may not have a name anywhere listed. You're not going to, they're not going to get any plaques or awards, but their personalities and their gifts transcend time and space. And yet they have the purest soul you could ever meet. See, I recall working in the clinic as a Dallas social worker. Now, if you ever go into a clinic, that's a small microcosm of the community around you. Because you see, kidney disease doesn't care how much money you have or you know how much education you have or if you fit the criteria. If you're eligible, you're eligible. And so I have served patients who own businesses, and I've also taken care of patients who didn't have a place to lay their head. And I can tell you that I learned more and received more wisdom sitting beside the chairs and listening to their narratives than any classroom or virtual workshop or conference I could ever attend. I promise you in my episodes, you're going to hear me talk about the wonderful community of patients that I have come across in my years. They are truly jewels in my heart, embedded in my soul. And for for today's episode, I would like to share one of my patients who has passed away several years ago. But for the sake of her anonymity, I'm going to call her Miss Ann. Now, when I first met her, She was mean as a rattlesnake, y'all. Yes, very vocal, loved to complain about everything and insisted on being heard all the time. (laughs) She was also a little irritable at times. And so, you know, we would try to avoid her. I I would even try to like walk past her when I thought she was asleep. But then she always seemed to open her eyes as though she could hear me coming. And she would call me over to her and I would sit and I would listen to her complaints and her frustrations with the services we were providing. But then one day I noticed that she was crocheting. And that is something I have always wanted to learn how to do. So I knew how to knit, but I was so fascinated with the ability to crochet with just that one little needle. So I said, Miss Ann, do you mind teaching me how to crochet? Her eyes just lit up and she agreed to teach me. And in the midst of our sessions together, I learned so much about her. She was abused by her uncles and molested by her grandfather. She even said that she would get anxiety if she smelled baby powder because that's what he would put on her legs before he touched her. And then she would talk about growing up with little money, but later becoming an accountant of this big company. And she married the love of her life. And although she never got to have any children, she had this little dog that she absolutely adored. And as I got to know her, I realized her beauty, despite the fact that she had very little mobility because of her weight. But what I also saw was her tenacity and her ability to persevere. 
And so that's why that explained why I saw her as being mean. She actually was just being assertive. And after having so much childhood trauma and abuse by men in authority, she had insisted on being heard and being treated with respect. So at first it may come across really strong, but after you got to know her, she really wasn't that bad. See, at that moment, I learned once again, don't judge a book by its cover until you've read some of the pages. So you may be better off, but you're not better than anyone. Don't assume they have nothing to bring to the table based on what you see. If you dismiss them, you may miss the nuggets of wisdom needed for your journey. And God has a way of orchestrating and placing people along our path to equip us for what is ahead. See, she not only taught me how to crochet, but she taught me the power of perseverance despite tragedy. She taught me the beauty of walking with God. See, she loved to sing. And every time she would share a part of her story, she would always end with the same song. And she would just hum it to me because we'd be on the floor. And the words were simply this, for the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. So Miss Ann, thank you for leaving me the words to the song. I'm grateful I was humble enough to receive it because, yes, I've had some mountains and I've had some valleys. Yes, I've had some good times and some bad, but I've always remembered he's not only the God of the day, but he's also the God of the night. And so while we take this quick break and I get myself together, I just want you to think about who are the people in your life? who were humble, who showed you humility, and you really learned the beauty of being humble. Welcome back. So let's dig into humility in a very practical sense. Now my digging was not an easy feat, I must admit. This one took a little work. I started with the Webster Dictionary and it said humility means the state of being humble and humble can be used to describe what is ranked by ranked low by others as in a person's of humble origin or if you describe yourself as a humble editor or refer to your home as your humble abode, you are basically saying that neither you nor your home is very impressive. Now, when I said that, I have to admit this definition was difficult to grasp because initially I was like, am I supposed to be inferior to everyone else? And is everybody superior to me? Does that mean I need to walk around with my head down? Am I supposed to minimize myself to make others look great? I feel this is where people mess up with the word humility because they immediately never embrace the authenticity of who they are. And they never want to be confident in the skill or gift because if they did, they would be seen as not being humble or not being low. But I decided I got to keep digging because I can't leave y'all right here. 
So what I found is that to be humble is to be truthful. Truthfulness is a sign of integrity and one who lives this virtue will not lie or exaggerate. See, when I acknowledge who I am and I acknowledge my gifts, I'm not trying to exaggerate them. You ain't never had somebody always want to one up you like no matter what you say, they got to have something bigger than that. That's when you leave that place of humility because now you've moved out of truthfulness into the place of lying and exaggerating. A person who is humble also do not have a reason to be dishonest because they know that their good deeds will speak for themselves. They don't feel the need to post it all over Facebook. Humble people live by the creed. What you see is what you get, that they are true, honest individuals. Humble individuals will put themselves in someone else's shoes and show empathy. They will put themselves in other people's positions and will try to do their best that they can to help them. They're not judgmental as in they're acting or passing off a premature, harsh or unfair opinion. They're also not judgmental so that they can identify the weakness of someone else so that they can, you know, magnify their own strengths. They're not quick to discriminate other people. And guess what? Humble people are not self-destructive. I love that part. See, self-destructiveness is a sign of anger and bitterness. A humble, a humble person does not have these feelings because instead of, um, instead of that, they understand that the best revenge is to live well, to do things better than anybody has ever done before. So they don't feel the need to be self-destructive based on what someone else has said. No, my response is I'm going to prove to you that I'm better than that. I'm going to prove to you that I can love better than that, right? So being humble is not about being a doormat, far from the truth. (laughs) Instead, it is understanding that every human is equally valuable, a recognition that you are worth no more or less than anyone else. So to me, a humble person is less than a doormat and more of an open door to let you out their life if you want to keep up with that foolishness. <laughs> so how can we cultivate humility? It's when we spend time listening to others. That is a key quality of humbleness. It's to value others and enable them to be heard. Simply listening. Imagine that you took the time every now and then And don't feel the need to tell your story. Just sit there and listen to someone else's and be grateful. Humble people understand the importance of counting their blessings and being thankful for them. And how about this? They ask for help when they need it. There is a form of pride that lies in in being able to always solve our own problems. So humility, therefore, lies and recognizes when we need help and being able to ask for it appropriately. 
So you're not being humble when you're trying to just do everything yourself. You're actually operating in pride. But when I'm humble, I ask for help because I recognize your strengths and I also recognize my weaknesses. Also, humble people seek feedback from others on a regular basis. We can all gain from hearing what others think of us. I know we like, I don't care what nobody think about me. Yes, you do. You need to be able to review your actions against the language of pride. Again, pride and arrogance, which also covers smugness and snobbery and vanity and unpleasant words. It can sometimes be hard to avoid feeling a bit of pride, right? in ourselves or vain or even snobbish. So sometimes you need that friend that's going to call you out on it. So I'm not saying you need to listen what everybody's saying, but those that are close to you will know not only how to call you out on your stuff, but also turn around and celebrate the areas that you're improving. To cultivate humility, we need to review our feelings against the words that are being said, not only to us, but by us to ourselves. We need to really hone in on how am I talking to myself? Because see, ultimately, humility takes strength and intention and gratefulness. Are you grateful for who you are and who you have become and who you are becoming? See, when you understand that, you are where you are only by the grace of God. You can't help but to be humble. So the next time you think about being humble, it's not about thinking that you're less than. And the next time you think about being more, hit that pause button. And remember, he is not looking for lesser than or more than. He is looking for equal. In God's eyes, we are all equal. I know it's hard for people to understand because they want to say one denomination is better than the other and all of this. But at the end of the day, he created every single one of us in his image and he loves us all just the same. And because of that, we need to be humble. Well, that's all we have time for today. And we'll pick up next week on Wednesday, Wednesday with another, another episode. Please encourage others to join our journey by subscribing in whatever platform they use. Also, you can check us out on the lightofspeed.com website, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where I share weekly inspirations to compel us to grow. I would love to hear from you. So please join and inbox me on the Light of Speed Facebook page. Special thanks to the Light of Speed team, Captivate, and music by It's What Are. Until next time, be humble, love, and keep shining. Mm-hmm.